You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. As the one who found Alindi, however, I became someone important, foremost amongst the world bringers. There was a place for me, and in the lore of the anticipation, I thought myself the announcer, the prophet who foretold to discover the Hero of Ages. Renouncing Alindi, then, would have been to renounce my new position, my acceptance by the others. And so, I did not. Man, Quan. <laughs> Sounds like you made a noopsie. Quan gonna Quan. Quan gonna Quan. All right. Let's look at uh, chapter 33. And this one's a bit of a... I have it. I have a lot of notes on it, so maybe it's not as long as I thought. But uh, here we go. We get a Vin point of view. And Vin is studying the logbook. And she's coming to she's coming to the conclusion. She's like, the mist is the deepness. The deepness has returned. Therefore, the hero must return. And she's really on this thing that she must be the hero of ages. Because she's hearing the thumping. She's hearing the thumping, she sees the mist spirit, and she was able to draw the mist into herself and use it to fuel her allomancy. So these are all big things here. And she is just convinced, but she's super duper frustrated by the way it's worded. She says, it's so vague, it's so dumb, like, like why did they do it this way? And Osura's like, just because you don't understand it, you know, doesn't mean you should belittle their beliefs, you know? What if the prophecies were just a way to show hope, you know? What if it's just a way to show hope? What if they're just super vague on purpose, you know, to to inspire hope, to inspire that feeling? And the way that Orser talks about the religion, Vin gets a little bit of an inkling and goes, oh my gosh, the Condra have a religion, don't they? And Orser is like, mm, you're not going to hear it from me. Until he says yes, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and she hears it from him. But uh, she goes, you know, I won't betray your secret. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Uh, because, and, and she was like, why? And I was like, because if y'all had a religion, it means that the Lord Ruler's theor- uh, like theological control wasn't complete. There was a religion that existed. And, and survived. And survived. And Orsir agrees to tell her a little bit, but says, please don't tell your keeper friends because they would not leave Condra alone if that was the case. They would come asking questions nonstop. So here we go. They have the Condra do have a religion or do have a like like prophecies. But the prophecies aren't that great for humans. Uh the prophecies all lead to all the humans being dead. And uh he go, and Vin's like, oh boy, and Orser's like, it could just be a sign of hope, you know, mistress, because of the way not everyone treats people the way you do, you know, a lot of a lot of the way that we've been treated by humans in the past, we'd the same. I saw a wonderful parallel. They want humans dead the same way that Vin, Kelsier, Doxon, all of them wanted the masters to be dead, the nobles to be dead. Same view. Well, and he mentions that he's like, you know, our our prophecies say that you destroy yourselves, and mm-hmm. the whole thing is that we just wanted to be free or be the, have the ability to be in the world again, and that's all we're talking about. Yeah, I think the exact saying was he goes, uh, humans were supposed to kill themselves off because they are of ruin and Chandra are of preservation. 
And so, yeah, they have this like weird look about that. They also mentioned that there's like a bond between them and the Kolos. And when Vin goes, what do you mean by that? And he just goes, well, you know, we're both slaves. We're both outsiders to this world. You know, why wouldn't we, you know, have this bond? Because the Kolos understand completely how we feel to be alienated out uh, of the society, essentially. And, uh, yeah. And so Vin goes, you know, this was all cool and fun to learn about, but, uh, there's still a spy and we need to find out who that is. And we get shifted to an Ellen, Ellen's point of view. So a quick shift. Someone poisoned the water well. And we're shifting back to Vin. I'm going to, that's all I got to say about it. Um, people think it's probably set because he came in, he brought soldiers in and a couple of them could have snuck off easily and poisoned everything though he thinks that this would definitely be something that his father would do yeah they can't they can't figure out who it is but you know ellen does say it feels more like a straft thing to do we jump back to vin's point of view and she's looking to mock to mark dachshund off the spy list and this one's going to be hard because up to this point her only full-fledged way of doing it to her understanding is with allomancy if they can burn metals and Doxon's not an Alamancer. He's not a Misting at all. So Vin tries to kind of bait him into talking about that conversation they had about Doxon losing his first love. The reason they're talking about why Doxon hates noblemen. Well, I don't think she's baiting him. She directly says, do you remember our conversation? Yeah, so and what I mean by baiting here is... She's f- trying to make sure that he actually knows what conversation they're talking yeah. about and what happened. That's what I mean. I'm, he, he, She's trying to... Because here's the thing, right? She didn't even tell him what conversation. She right. just said the conversation. That's why I say it feels like I'm, he's baiting him. She's she's trying to get him to talk about the moment without her having even said what moment it is. Sure. And so, Dachshund passes. Uh, he talks about it, and... He admits that he doesn't see noble the noble people the same way he did before, based on what's ha- what's happened. And Doxon kind of calls out and says, "You're you're you're doing this because of the way that me and Ellen talk, right? The way we communicate." And Vin's like, "Kind of." He's like, "Well, listen, I think we're doing pretty good. You know, we're not at each other's throats. We're both listening. We're both doing. We're, we're both being, you know, courteous, even though it's a fake fake uh, gesture, but." We're both being courteous, and Vin points out that, you know, are you ever going to change your mind? And he goes, Doxon's like, probably not, completely. And she brings up that Kelsier saved Ellen, and Doxon didn't know this. And Doxon's like, you know, I refuse to believe that Kelsier did that. And, um, and Vin's like, why? Why do you refuse to believe? And Doxon's like, because... To admit that would be to admit to admit that all the terrible thing I did to these monsters, I was instead doing to people. And we see now why Doxon is just dead inside. Vin even points it out. Doxon like lost his cheeriness and she used to th- she thought it was because Kelsier died and he was grieving or that there's nothing left there, but it turns out that wasn't the case. Doxon just realized finally. He stopped seeing the noble class as monsters and he realized that what he did, the types of things he did to those people, they were people and it's just eating them up inside. And so Vin leaves with that information and realizes she goes, she tells us her, I don't, you know, 
I don't think uh, he's I don't a think, spy. I don't think he's it. And Osiris is like, my people can be very good. And he goes all the way to the point where he says, I don't want to say it out loud, but the masters who run, you know, who run the Chandra have been known to be very extensive in torture methods and things like that to make sure they get all the information they need for a Chandra to play the part. And Vin's like, you know, you, you just don't know him the same way, you know. I don't think it's him. And even though we can't mark him completely off the list, I'd rather be wrong and him be the traitor than live not trusting him. And to Orsir is like, yeah, you know, that's what's gonna, that's how it's going to be. And then Vin sees it. The potential spy. Captain Demu sneaking away at night, wanting to be completely and utterly Silent about it and not known. And Ving gets a little bit of hope. Maybe the spy is not one of her inner circle. And we hop over to chapter 34, which is a very short one. We get Ellen's point of view at this point. He is working with Norden, which Norden is this like cool obligator that actually stayed and was a bureaucrat for Ellen's new government because, according to Ellen, he was just a scholar that wanted to be a scholar, that saw that the best way to do that is was to join the ministry because they had access to everything. And so when the, when the Lord Ruler was killed and that fell, Norden was completely fine with going, oh, is this the new government? Yeah, I'll work in this one too. Let's do it. And he's just, uh, he just seems like a cool guy. <laughs> he, yeah, he, yeah. He's super straightforward. He's going through, he's going through all of the, um, all of the all of the law, like they all are. I think it was him, Sazed, and a couple of other people are going through all of the laws to see if Ellen might have missed something and was able to do, uh, there's able to be a loophole. And he, the reason Ellen likes Norton so much was because of the fact that he's just so unbiased. Because there's at one point when Norton goes, should we just think about letting Set be king? Would that not be best for the for this government? And Ellen explained to him like a scholar, do you think Set will follow any of these laws? No. Do you think that they're very good? Yes. And the minute he said that, Norton went, mm, that is not the play then. We definitely don't want him to be the king. And yeah, we just get this get this point. And uh, there's a, I think Tyndall's listening listening to it or going through it and, and realizes that Sazed went over all the documents and makes like a jab at Sazed. And we see more of King Ellen come out because Ellen basically tells her, you know, that's uncalled for. By insulting him, you're insult, or by indirectly insulting this his work, you're insulting him, and I will not stand for that because that's insulting me. And you will apologize to him, or you'll leave. And she leaves. And we jump out of that, and we get a Vin point of view. So, <clears throat> so with the Vin point of view, Vin is super sad to see that Ellen doesn't want to talk very much anymore. He again is has his hands full. He's way busier than he is, and he feels like he doesn't need her anymore. Yeah, he's handling everything himself, you know, mm-hmm. which you we we all see as a positive thing, except right. for Vin, because Vin feels like she's not needed, like you said. You know, Ellen doesn't need her anymore. He can handle himself, and so we get the return of the OG voice in the head. We, Reen's voice is back. And it's officially back and talking. <sighs> Rough. But she goes outside. Vin goes outside the window because 
she hears something. She senses something, hears something, jumps out, and Zane's out there. And Zane comes at her and is trying to kill her. We, you know, Straff had given the orders a couple of chapters ago that Vin is to be killed. And Zane goes for it. And so Vin is playing this off like, is he sparring? What the heck is going on? These strikes are too close. He's too good. He's burning ATM. Mm -hmm. And at that point, Vin goes into pure primal fear. He's really trying to kill her. And he succeeds-ish. He gets to the point where he can deliver the killing blow. And Vin's waiting for it. And Zane realizes and says, oh, it's true. You don't have any ATM left. You would have used it to stop me if that was the case. And Zane's like, well, you know my father wants me to kill you. I don't want that to happen. And I don't want to have to kill Ellen either. So, uh, maybe it would be better if we just ran off. I I can't be Ellen, but you don't want Ellen. Zane is, uh, yeah. He points out that he's his brother. His brother. So... And that's, uh, that's where we're left with here. We also learn that the Kolos are close by because they attacked a certain town and uh, Straff is going to send his uh, uh, the refugees into the, t- into the city in order to drain their resources. Uh, and of course, Ellen would totally take them on. Um, but one of the things I wanted to really look at is the way Dotson talks about how he and Ellen interacted. And I get brought back to Final Empire when Ellen first meets up with Dotson. And Dachshund's, like, having none of it. He's like, um, you know, who are you? Who do you think you are? What do you think is, is going on here? And uh, Ellen's like, listen, you, I know you, like, hate me. I know you would you have all the reasons to hate me and all this other stuff, but you need to listen to me because otherwise um, your your whole rebellion's going to collapse on top of itself. And since then, you know, we've had this, like, begrudging, like, alliance between the two of them. And Oxen basically admits that. He's like, you know, it's gotten better. Um, but he's uh, struggling with this idea of like, okay, you know, these people are the people we hated. These are the people that we fought against this whole time. They've kept us down for so long. Um, and Ellen is one of them. And he has admitted to like, he respects him and, you know, understands that, hey, they're not so bad. Um but I don't know. I I just I I got thought I got a call back to Final Empire. You know when they first had that meeting, uh, when Ellen turns himself in, uh, and says, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't slaughter literally everyone." Um, but uh, the rest is I mean you know Ven is still noticing this thumping in the distance, which I admit like when I first read Rel of Ascension, I was like, I wish we could get to the, more to this thumping because it keeps being being brought up. We learn a whole mess about Conjure this this way around. Um, yeah, they have they have a religion. They have a religion, um, and he basically says like it's it's essentially set up as, oh, you know, we just kind of, you know, wish that we could go back into society and this and that. But these all he does admit like it basically has followed them ever since the beginning of the Final Empire. Um, so this was before because I mean the history of the Conjure show that they um 
initially tried to come in and that, that, that didn't work out. Uh, so this religion has been following them uh, even before then. Um, but it, once again, we get to like the point where things start getting interesting and he shuts up about it. He's like, yeah, I shouldn't be talking about this. And the same thing, he's talking about the Coloss and how they're, they're similar to the Contra. And then he's like, oh, I got to shut up about that too. Um, so we get a little bit of, you know, some lore teasing uh, in, in these past couple of chapters. Uh, potential spy. Potential spy. Is it Demu? You know, it's funny because Demu are, 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 is someone I kept forgetting about because I remember he was the guy that they thought about that he fought um in the when Kelsier came in and the army was going to betray you know on the verge of betraying him and he had he Kelsier used his alamancy to make Demu look like the great warrior when he was like this like scrawny little thing that was just super loyal um he was a kid right I think he was like Demu was like 16 or 17 or something like something that. like that like he was relatively young um and but uh, he was like a loyal captain or mm-hmm. I think he was a captain at that time no he he wasn't a captain just yet he's a captain now right right he's a captain now um and so he was just known as one of those guys and so he's kind of like the perfect guy to be the spy he would be the last one that Ellen and the group would think would betray them well, no, not even that. It's that he's he's just close enough to everyone, but he's just enough in the background that it's like he doesn't have to do anything other than just hang around. He doesn't, you know, people don't interact with him super often, so you wouldn't really suspect that anything changed. Um, but he's close enough that he could really, really get into the point where of being able to listen in. So it makes a whole bunch of sense. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this, at least... So the second chapter, so 34 was kind of short. Um, I said that, right? It was 34. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 34 was kind of short. 33, a lot of that chapter was kind of getting this realization, like you said, of Doxin and how that went. And man, here we thought, I mean, at least I thought when I was reading this the first time, I thought that Doxin was just being hard-headed. I think I thought he was just one of those things where it's like, oh, Kelsier died, so I'm not gonna let his ideology fall off. You know, I'm not gonna I'm gonna believe in what he said. He hated the nobleman. I'm gonna be that way. As some maybe some weird way to honor him, to not feel like he betrayed him in giving it off to a nobleman. And he even mentioned that that's how it started. But that wasn't it. Like when you think about it, it gets kind of brushed over and I called this to light a lot in our first read through of the final empire, which was is Kelsier kind of not acting like that great of a guy. <laughs> is this, this are we the baddies? Are we the baddies? <laughs> um, um, and to an extent, yes, we, we didn't get to see all of it. We only heard of very small bits of Kelsier and Doxin in the past, but it turned out before Kelsier was an Alamancer and, and stuff like that, they were killing nobles off left right. I thought they were just robbing them, but I we heard stories of them just being like, "Oh yeah, we were off in nobles and leaving them in alleyways like they were nothing." And Doxin's just not coming to that realization of, "Oh crud, these are people. They're not the monsters I thought they were." Right, and um, and that really you know clearly weighs in on him. Um, he still hasn't. He admits like he still hasn't like fully bought into that idea. Like he says, like I guess. I suppose I wouldn't say we need to kill them all off, you know, or something like that. 
So, I mean, and I get it. Like, he's just like, he's holding on to it as this is a, um, you know, I've done really, really bad things. But at the same time, they did really, really bad things. You know what um, it reminds me of? Oh, never mind. I was going to have a Black Mirror spoiler. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of a very certain episode of Black Mirror. I guess I'm not going to go into it. I, I don't even know what we're, what we're referencing. Um, um, so, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go into it because that, that goes into spoiling other shows and things. So yeah, we don't, we don't, want, to, we don't want to get into stuff like that. So. Um, but the thing about, um, um, let me see here. The thing about uh, these last few chapters is that there are a lot of info. Most of the story was with Dotson. Um, but then we get Zane coming in at the end and, and saying, like, look, I don't hate Ellen, but I envy him. And he, he the more and more I hear Zane talk, the more reasonable and, like, logical he sounds. Like, he just comes out and says, like, look, you know, this is where we're at. I think it kind of sucks that we're super powerful and yet we're just, we're not in charge. You know, we're, we're basically pawns here dealing with this stuff. And yeah, I have a brother and there are a lot of negative feelings I have about him, but it's not like, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't hate him that as he, a person. I hate the, the, I hate that he got all the things that I would want essentially. Yeah. You know, but I can't hate him for that. And he acknowledges it. I mean, such a logical guy to, that is a uh, crazy. As you say, yet, I'm insane. Indeed. He he doesn't sound super insane <laughs> when he talks, at least. Maybe that makes me insane, you know, yeah. when, when I get, get into it. But uh, speaking of sanity, uh, the, in the next few chapters, we're going to be talking more about uh, what happens as Ellen comes in and meets with Set. Hey, everyone. Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.